Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and 2022 starts the third year of this podcast and corresponding blog. I go through the Bible chapter by chapter, guiding you, even if you've never read the Bible before. Right now, I'm going through the Old Testament prophets, revealing how Bible prophecies that were written 700 years before Christ predict not just what was going to happen back then, but what happened when Jesus came. They even predict the end times and last days that are coming true right now. I pray that as you hear God's word, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Hey, new year, new life. Let's dig in. Lamentations chapters 1 and 2. A lament over the loss of a city judged by God. Miami, 1992. Hurricane Andrew paid us a visit like a buzzsaw cutting through human lives. It didn't discriminate. Mowed under its 150 mile per hour winds were homes and businesses of both the rich and the poor. It was an equal opportunity destroyer. Likewise, the judgment of God won't just come upon the rich or the poor. doesn't matter what color your skin is or how many good deeds you've done. What will matter will be the condition of your heart. Is it with God or with the world that is ruled by Satan? In these next three posts, I'll cover the book of Lamentations, written by the prophet Jeremiah. Known as the weeping prophet, Jeremiah composed a song, a funeral dirge. He lamented the loss of Jerusalem the beautiful temple that Solomon built in the kingdom of Judah. It's a loss that could have been avoided had the people only obeyed God. Let's dig in. Lamentations 1, Sorrow in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, or Zion, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night. Tears stream down her cheeks among all her lovers. There is no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. Judah has been led away into captivity, oppressed with cruel slavery. She lives among foreign nations and has no place of rest. Her enemies have chased her down and she has nowhere to turn. The roads to Jerusalem are in mourning, for crowds no longer come to celebrate the festivals. The city gates are silent, her priests groan. Her young women are crying, how bitter is her fate. Her oppressors have become her masters, her enemies prosper. For the Lord has punished Jerusalem for her many sins. Her children have been captured and taken away to distant lands. All the majesty of beautiful Jerusalem has been stripped away. Her princes are like starving deer searching for pasture. They are too weak to run from the pursuing enemy. In the midst of her sadness and wandering, Jerusalem remembers her ancient splendor. But now she has fallen into her enemy and there is no one to help her. Her enemy struck her down and laughed as she fell. Jerusalem has sinned greatly. So she has been tossed away like a filthy rag. 
all who once honored her now despise her, for they have seen her stripped naked and humiliated. All she can do is groan and hide her face. She defiled herself with immorality and gave no thought to her future. Now she lies in the gutter with no one to lift her out. Lord, see my misery, she cries. The enemy has triumphed. The enemy has plundered her completely, taking every precious thing she owns. She has seen foreigners violate her sacred temple, the place the Lord had forbidden them to enter. Her people groan as they search for bread. They have sold their treasures for food to stay alive. Oh, Lord, look, she moans, and see how I am despised. Does it mean nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look around and see if there is any suffering like mine, which the Lord brought on me when he erupted in fierce anger. He has set fire from heaven that burns in my bones. He has placed a trap in my path and turned me back. He has left me devastated, racked with sickness all day long. He wove my sins into ropes and to hitch me to a yoke of captivity. The Lord sapped my strength and turned me over to my enemies. I am helpless in their hands. The Lord has treated my mighty men with contempt. At his command, a great army has come to crush my young warriors. The Lord has trampled his beloved city like grapes are trampled in a wine press. For all these things I weep, tears flow down my cheeks. No one is here to comfort me. Any who might encourage me are far away. My children have no future for the enemy has conquered us. Jerusalem reaches out for help, but no one comforts her. Regarding his people Israel or Jacob, the Lord has said, let their neighbors be their enemies. Let them be thrown away like a filthy rag. The Lord is right, for I rebelled against him, Jerusalem says. Listen, people everywhere, look upon my anguish and despair, for my sons and daughters have been taken captive to distant lands. I begged my allies for help, but they battered me. My priests and leaders starved to death in the city, even as they searched for food to save their lives. Lord, see my anguish. My heart is broken and my soul despairs, for I have rebelled against you. In the streets, the sword kills, and at home there is only death. Others hear my groans, but no one turned to comfort me. When my enemies heard about my troubles, they were happy to see what you had done. Oh, bring the day you promised when they will suffer as I have suffered. Look at all their evil deeds, Lord. Punish them as you have punished me for all my sins. My groans are many and I am sick at heart. That's the end of Lamentations chapter one. Lamentations chapter two, God's anger at sin. The Lord in his anger has cast a dark shadow over beautiful Jerusalem. The fairest of Israel's cities lies in the dust, thrown down from the heights of heaven, in his day of great anger, the Lord has shown no mercy even to his temple. Without mercy, the Lord has destroyed every home in Israel. In his anger, he has broken down the fortress of beautiful Jerusalem. He has brought them to the ground, dishonoring the kingdom and its rulers. All the strength of Israel vanishes beneath his fierce anger.
the Lord has withdrawn his protection as the enemy attacks. He consumes the whole land of Israel like a raging fire. He bends his bow against his people as though he were their enemy. His strength is used against them to kill their finest youth. His fury is poured out like fire on beautiful Jerusalem. Yes, the Lord has vanquished Israel like an enemy. He has destroyed her palaces and demolished her fortresses. He has brought unending sorrow and tears upon beautiful Jerusalem. He has broken down his temple as though it were merely a garden shelter. The Lord has blotted out all memory of the holy festivals and Sabbath days. Kings and priests fall together before his fierce anger. The Lord has rejected his own altar. He despises his own sanctuary. He has given Jerusalem palaces to her enemies. They shout in the Lord's temple as though it were a day of celebration. The Lord was determined to destroy the walls of beautiful Jerusalem. He made careful plans for their destruction. Then did what he had planned. Therefore, the ramparts and walls have fallen down before him. Jerusalem's gates have sunk to the ground. He has smashed, he has smashed their locks and bars. Her kings and princesses have been ex exiled to distant lands. Her law has ceased to exist. Her prophets receive no more visions from the Lord. The leaders of beautiful Jerusalem sit on the ground in silence. They are clothed in burlap and throw dust on their heads. Their young women of Jerusalem hang their heads in shame. I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony. As I see the desperate plight of my people, little children and tiny babies are fainting and dying in the streets. They cry out to their mothers, we need food and drink. Their lives ebb away in the streets like the life of a warrior wounded in battle. They gasp for life as they collapse in their mother's arms. What can I say about you who has ever seen such sorrow? Oh, daughter of Jerusalem, to what can I compare your anguish? Oh, virgin daughter of Zion, how can I comfort you? For your wound is as deep as the sea. Who can heal you? Your prophets have said so many foolish things, false to the core. They did not save you from exile by pointing out your sins. Instead, they painted false pictures, filling you with false hope. All who pass by jeer at you. They scoff and insult beautiful Jerusalem, saying, "This is this the city called most beautiful in all the world and joy of all the earth? All your enemies mock you. They scoff and snarl and say, we have destroyed her at last. We have long waited for this day and it is finally here. But it is the Lord who did just as he planned. He has fulfilled the promises of disaster he made long ago. He has destroyed Jerusalem without mercy. He has caused her enemies to gloat over her and has given them power over her. Cry out loud before the Lord, O walls of beautiful Jerusalem. Let your tears flow like a river day and night. Give yourselves no rest. Give your eyes no relief. Rise during the night and cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to him in prayer, pleading for your children. 
for in every street they are faint with hunger. Oh Lord, think about this. Should you treat your people this way? Should mothers eat their own children, those they once bounced on their knees? Should priests and prophets be killed within the Lord's temple? See them lying in the streets, young and old boys and girls, killed by the swords of their enemy. You have killed them in your anger, slaughtering them without mercy. You have invited terrors from all around, as though you were calling them to a day of feasting. In the day of the Lord's anger, no one has escaped or survived. The enemy has killed all the children whom I carried and raised. That's Lamentations chapter two. So here's some lessons for us today. What can we living today learn from this? Well, first, God's judgment is just, right, and fair. Yet it's tough and disastrous. In the day of the Lord's anger or wrath, everyone who was found not worthy will have to endure the great tribulation. There will be no escaping it. The reality of life is death. People die, pets die, cities and countries die. That's life. Don't turn to ideals, governments, or humans. They can't help you. Only obedience to God can and will. The Jews made deals and trusted some of the neighboring nations rather than trusting in God, and look what happened. They also trusted in the temple building and the religious rituals instead of God. In other words, don't trust a church or religion to save you. Trust in Jesus only. There are four reactions to sin. There's denial, like, oh, I'm not hurting anyone, so what's wrong with it? Um, a comparison, well, look what that person did, it's worse. Admitting it, but looking for self-help. I can overcome my addiction to fill in the blank. Admitting it and repenting. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry I sinned. Please forgive me and I surrender my life to you. And that's the right way to do it. God is the agent behind the scenes of world events. He is the sovereign God. Believe it or not, he is still in control. He used the Babylonians, the enemy, to judge Israel. Sin causes us to lose our long-term outlook on life. We lose our vision when we are wallowing in the mire of sin. We lose sight of our destiny, which God promised to be an eternal life in paradise. We live for the moment and lose sight of his promise and confident hope. Sin must be judged, period. Discipline is a part of life. God gave us his word, the Bible, to guide us. Therefore, he wants us to have healthy respect for him. That is, fear God. If you don't know what that means, click on over to my blog, and I have an article of what it means to be God-fearing. You hear that a lot in the, in the, in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Consequently, you can read the Bible and sit in a church Sunday after Sunday, but if you don't put into practice what the word says and submit your life to Jesus, you will spend eternity in hell. He told us in Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. He also said in Matthew 7, starting in verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, I've lived through six hurricanes in my lifetime, which is why I live in Phoenix now. When you drive around an area devastated by a storm, you see some strange things. In many places, there would be a house with no roof, its windows missing, trees down, totally unlivable. Astonishingly, the house next door would be untouched. Why? God only knows. Here's some historical notes, too, on this. The destruction of Solomon's temple happened on the 9th of Av. That's A-V. That's the Jewish cal in the Jewish calendar. That's July 18th of 586 B.C. On that same day in 70 A.D., that's after Christ, Anno, Anno Domini, the Romans destroyed the temple, temple that Herod built. The Book of Lamentations is read every 9th of Av in Israel and by Jews everywhere. Judah's neighbors were happy to see the kingdom fall. Little did they know that they would be next. And we'll see that when uh, we return to the book of Ezekiel. The false gods and pagan idols couldn't help them. Similarly, praying to Mary, whichever version of her you prefer, Our Lady of Lords, which by the way, today was her feast day, or Our Lady of Guadalupe, et cetera, et cetera. It absolutely accomplishes nothing. God's final judgment is coming whether you like it or not, whether you believe in it or not. You have a choice now. It's a choice you have to make while you're still alive and coherent. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen in any moment. This is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. Also, in the bottom of today's blog, I embedded a, um, uh, a, a relatively new worship song. It's called One God, which is the truth. Um, Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please. Let me know if it helped you. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. 
And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, and that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that would be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.